Trying to do something here with Christian McCaffrey. Got a bruising block from Brandon Ayuk. Got another from Ray Ray McLeod. Turned it into a touchdown. It's a 65-yard lightning strike from McCaffrey. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Some would even say the run of his life from Christian McCaffrey on the road in Pittsburgh last weekend. And, like, Brandon Ayuk is mentioned in that highlight. Brandon Ayuk, like, made that play. He's, I mean... Remember what we used to talk about a couple years ago, and we'll get to Offensive Player of the Year in a second, when we used to say about Brandon Ayuk, like he's in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse, but he actually like, sure. was, right? Like Shanahan wouldn't play him. He'd play like Jabroni's, like Trent Shurfield over him. It's kind of like send a message to Ayuk. Think the Niners coaching staff likes Brandon Ayuk now? Like not only does he dominate catching the football, not only is he Brock Purdy's favorite target in the passing game, but like absolute monster pancake blocks like in the run game as well. That one helping to lead to a Christian McCaffrey, as Joe Davis put it, lightning strike touchdown this past weekend in Pittsburgh. Uh, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year coming up this segment. We will get to coach, offensive rookie, defensive rookie, and comeback player of the year as we move along. Adam Chernoff from the Simple Handicap Podcast and Right Angle Sports stops by in 20 minutes and all our bets for the Vikings and the Eagles power hour final hour of the show but for now Jake bring the recommends back up please and Ken let's talk offensive player of the year in the NFL where Tyree Kill coming off his absolutely destructive performance of the Chargers uh just annihilating Los Angeles in that game Tyreek is your favorite at eight Justin Jefferson Christian McCaffrey both at 10 to 1 Nick Chubb at 20 Jamar Chase, who was the favorite before the season, is now 25 to 1, along with Cowboys running back Tony Pollard. A bunch of good players at 30 to 1, including Patrick Mahomes, Stephon Diggs, Garrett Wilson, Travis Kelsey, who hasn't played yet, Derrick Henry, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tua Tunga Vailoa. Uh, and then we have a couple quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, all at 40 to 1. We can get to other names as well, Ken, but those are some of like the really good ones at the top of the board. What do you make here of Offensive Player of the Year, how you're looking to bet it and analyze it right now? Just put a little bit more emphasis on week one than I would for MVP. Not a lot. Uh, guys can still have a, a poor week one and win the award. Just that this is really almost like a counting award. I mean, it's really just like how many yards, how many touchdowns, and where do you rank in your position group in those statistical categories? And MVP, you don't have to have the best stats. You just have to have like kind of the best. You can be third or fourth, but if your team's the best, then that's how you kind of overcome that. So I'm really much more likely to dismiss a really bad statistical game. And I mean, I bet Joe Burrow, I have to dismiss a bad statistical game in week one. In Offensive Player of the Year, still plenty of time to make up anything that's lacking, obviously, right? Um, I'll just I'll start by just saying I agree that Tyreek Hill should be the favorite. I, not that I'd bet him now, and he's about 8, 9 to 1 in most places. Um, not that I would bet him at these prices. I agree that he should be the favorite of the criteria that we're looking at for this award, which are uh, a combination of team success, winning a lot of games, Miami a, one in week one against a pretty good team, and they project to win a good amount of games this year. And then B, and this is the toughest one to clear, uh, the likelihood of having a record-breaking offensive season. And it's crazy because it's only one week, but and I, I don't want to turn this into like who had bad games and good games. I want to think more about how the player was used, uh, how they're likely to be used going forward the rest of the year. I mean, it's, doesn't it seem like just such a remarkably short list of players who fit that second criteria of just have a record-setting offensive season? I mean, like, break the records for their position. Um, you know, I, and I'll give you an example, and it doesn't have to just be because of one week. 
I think we have to be a little skeptical whether Lamar Jackson's going to break the records at the quarterback position off of what we saw against Houston. Not that he can't be a pro bowler, even like the first team all pro quarterback, maybe the second team all pro quarterback, but like record breaking. You're, you're, you're almost already behind in that case. You can still be great, but like, man, one more of those against Cincinnati, that kind of stat line. And you, offensive line injuries too, right? And already right. missing a couple of key players on the offensive Dobbins, line for this week. Right, yeah, I mean, just you're, you're kind of up against it a little bit because it's it's just, this is an award so driven by just counting up the numbers that you have. I mean, that's it. It's are you good and then that. And so you, you go through the list of candidates and it's not that Lamar can't win. It's just, I mean, you can, you just, even if you just watch the games I test wise, like what players seem like record breaking players this year? I mean, it's a really fun conversation. It's almost a, it's a fantasy conversation. It's like a, almost like a superhero conversation. Like who's going to be otherworldly this year? I mean, you ask anybody that question right now, everybody's going to say Tyreek Hill. It's the first question. It's the first answer everybody would give because he had a great game in week one. He had an awesome statistical season last year. He's clearly like driven by a pursuit of breaking records, which is possible in this offense. And so that doesn't mean bet him. That just means like, I don't think we have a vulnerable favorite here at all. And I think he is the most likely player to win. So like the question then becomes, is there a price maybe right after him or really like further down the board that you could make a case for somebody who has a chance to have a record-breaking offensive season those are those are hard to find right now those kinds of players right so uh it, i in every award i'll try to be like here's what i bet uh i bet stefan Diggs to win this award before the season at uh, i think about 30 and he's now 35 still has the chance to win the award obviously we've only played one game he didn't catch a touchdown and um, he was awesome like, I, in that game to be fair yeah so it's i i don't Against i still don't hate too. that that on right. the road. I still don't hate like that. Like a much bet. easier th matchup coming up this week <laughs> yeah, for Dix. Yes. yes, no question. Home Raiders definitely easier than at Jets. I think we would all agree with that from a, an opponent matchup. So I still think he's, you know, if you're looking way down the board, I still think he is a possibility for someone who could have a season like that. I think he fits that. And then I'll reference a player, Nick, that you brought up before the year and whose price actually didn't change a lot uh, despite having a good week one. Is it possible that Calvin Ridley could have a record-breaking offensive season, uh, about 100 yards and a touchdown in week one? And, okay, it's going to take more than that, obviously. But if we're trying to figure out, like, okay, I don't, I don't really want to beat the favorite, but is there somebody that's being, like, a total afterthought in the market right now who really just should be in the conversation? That's all we're talking about. 100 yards and a touchdown, and he's playing in a game with a total of 52 against the Chiefs at home this week. That would seem to me like a price maybe worthy of dropping. I have not bet him to win this award yet, um, but that's kind of how I'm thinking about it right now. It actually, it seems like it should be so wide open still, but I think the market has correctly identified the favorite to such a degree, like it's so right that Tyreek is favored, that it actually makes me kind of just want to like take a couple weeks now. Like, okay, we got the right favorite. That's the right price. Great. Now I think I'm good for a couple weeks and let's see what other candidates kind of emerge. Ridley would be a long price that stands out and let's see how Diggs does against the Raiders. I think those two guys have at least in their kind of range of outcomes, a special kind of a season. And I think if you were to like, and I, I love how you frame this, right? It can be like kind of like a fantasy football conversation also, right? Which right. kind of like opens the door to like, I feel like a lot of our listeners and viewers play fantasy football. If you think about things in these terms, I think, Ken, if you were to like redo drafts, like you can draft your team again after having sure. seen week one, uh, Calvin Ridley's going at like the at like the like the round one turn like from round sure. one into round two, and he was going in like round three or Where's round Tyree four. Where's Tyreek going? Wide receiver one. Uh, he was. Um, I I think Jefferson and Chase would I okay if I had to, I think it would go Jefferson one, Tyreek two, McCaffrey three, Chase four, and it was Jefferson sure. one, Chase two. I think Tyreek would probably still go behind Jefferson just because Jefferson's pedigree. 
And like, they're sure. both awesome, right? But Tyreek right. was already going top five in like sharp leagues. Like Tyreek was going to be the fifth pick. But um, sounds like pretty sharp people um, there. And with, uh, uh, with yeah. Jefferson, just because you referenced him and like the pedigree and everything, just to talk about the two players right after Tyreek Hill for a second, McCaffrey and Jefferson. I like McCaffrey a lot for this award. The reason we didn't bet him before the year was injury history. And he was already very low priced. So you weren't like, it could sound like you take a flyer on a long shot with injury history. No, like you have to really lay a pretty short price on someone with injury history. He's, he remains awesome, but he's almost the favorite already to win. I think that's just right. I think kind of like how Tyreek's the favorite. I think it's, yeah, Christian McCaffrey's going to win a lot of games. He has the potential to have a big stat season. I don't think he's incorrectly priced at all. Uh, I do think Jefferson is severely incorrectly priced. Now, there is not a great way to take advantage of this because it's like, what are you going to do, bet everybody else? Bet no Jefferson. Um, they are 0-1, and they are a six-point underdog to the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. I think he's going to have a really hard time with team success as an avenue to win this award. And I remember when they won the award, when they, he won the award last year, yes, he was awesome. Also, he was awesome and they won 13 games. Like it's, it's both. It's not just because he was so good. It's, it's really like he was awesome and they won 13 games. And if they won like 10 games, I'm not sure he was going to win. So like that's, he didn't have that good of a season. So it, just keep that in mind. Like if the Vikings lose tonight, it starts to actually get to the point really fast, like maybe even in a couple more weeks, where he actually becomes like ineligible to win the award. Like his price should be infinity to one because they're going to go like seven and 10 or six and 11 or something like that. Like if they start one and four, two and five, it's kind of already done at that point. And he can have whatever kind of season he wants. And it, short of breaking every single record by a lot statistically. And if he does that, by the way, their, their record wouldn't be that he just, they would win games if he did that. Um, he actually becomes really irrelevant in the conversation. Can't happen yet, but just like, oh, and one dog tonight, if you play it out another monthish, you actually have the chance for like the favorite slash second choice in the market to be like an afterthought uh, in terms of the criteria to win the award. Uh, home chargers for the Vikings also in week number three. That won't be an easy game for Minnesota. Um, I, I know that the qualifications are different for MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. But given sure. that we talked about Joe Burrow for MVP, I think we kind of need to have a Jamar Chase conversation here for Offensive Player of the Year as well. Sure. And like the whole Bengals offense bricked week one. Like it wasn't just Burrow, yep. Chase, Higgins, also Higgins like especially. But uh, Chase was the favorite in the market, Ken. Now he's 25 to 1. And I know this is more of a stat award. He's got some making up to do, obviously, but like he's Jamar Chase and we do like Joe Burrow the rest of the season. Any thought to Jamar Chase at 25 to one right now, offensive player of the year? Yeah, absolutely. There's thought to it. Um, I think the reason why I preferred Burrow to Chase is just Chase has to catch Tyree Kill, which is a really funny way to put it because no one can do that uh, in real life. And Burrow doesn't really have to catch anybody yet because like this hasn't solidified like who the good teams are and everything i guess you could argue he's chasing tua but and a word on tua real quick just because i didn't do this in mvp and this is all tied together like offensive players on the best teams uh he was awesome also like the chiefs and the jags are playing with a total of like 52 with a lot of players involved and now he has to go to new england with a total that's five points lower and like i just wouldn't expect i hope the dolphins win and he plays well just like he popped already and the market reacted so there's no bet like you're trying to figure out like the next guy to pop or the guy that's prices you know gotten out of control because he hasn't had that great game yet and you would like to get ahead of that price move so like two was great and Tyreek is great, but now that like all week people have been betting them and the prices have shortened so much, that's just like the reaction to what happened. And that's fine. That that doesn't mean there's now a bet. Like, oh, well, he was so good. Great. He was like 20 to one and now he's seven. So we're all thinking the same way about this. Like everything's correct. That doesn't mean there's a bet. It's really like, 
to your point, Chase or Burrow or Josh Allen or Diggs or, you know, any of these other players who didn't play particularly well. Sure. Like I, I considered Chase. I didn't end up betting him this week, but I, uh, I think you, there are many worse bets you could make in the market. All right, we have touched on MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Still have to get to Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, the two rookies, and come back as we move along. Plus, our bets for Vikings and Eagles coming up at the end of the show. But hour one done, hour two for you coming up on the other side. Hour number two will feature more award talk. It will feature Feliz Narita, but we will start off an interview.